Welcome to Love, Kayla and Val. I'm Kayla. And I'm Val, and we are so glad that you're joining us for episode three of a podcast where we are attempting to answer your questions about life, faith, relationships, basically whatever you throw at us in our Instagram box, we're going to try and answer. Yes, we are going to do our best. Attempting is the key word there. Yes. We're going <laughs> to do our very best. Yes. And episode three is part two of our deep dive into our Enneagrams. We decided as we were recording that this was too much for one single episode. So we are going to get started diving into each of our numbers. Yeah, so if you're just finding our page and you're wondering which episode you should listen to first, I highly recommend you go back and listen to episode two. Yes. Before you listen to this one. <laughs> yes. So, Caleb, mm -hmm. we are going to take a deep dive mm -hmm. into what it's like to be a four. At the start, I'm going to read a couple of things from the road back to you on what it's like to be a four and we'll see how this resonates, how you feel. Yeah. I like things that are unconventional, dramatic and refined. I'm definitely not a fan of the ordinary. I never really felt like I belonged. I have so many feelings in a day, it's hard to know which ones to pay attention to first. In social situations, I tend to hang back and wait for others to approach me. When people tell me what to do, I'm often tempted to do the opposite. I'm okay with sad songs, sad stories, and sad movies. Overly happy people give me a headache. It's really hard for me to settle into a relationship because I'm always looking for my ideal soulmate. People say I'm too intense and my feelings overwhelm them. Lots of people misunderstand me and it makes me frustrated. I pull people in, but, when I, but then I get nervous and push them away. And I worry a lot about abandonment. I feel like this is a good example of... You don't necessarily feel everything, mm -hmm. but the big things, like mm -hmm. I would say I have a healthy fear of abandonment. I would say that I definitely have never really felt like there was a certain place that like, I, I feel like I constantly feel myself moving from place mm -hmm. to place because I never feel like I belong yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of that comes from the fact that I don't really like the things that I feel like a lot of people like very mm -hmm as far as unconventional, but in a social setting, I will go talk to people. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I wouldn't say that I sit back and don't really, sometimes it mm -hmm. depends. Um, but for the majority of the time, I mean, you've, you've been friends with me for a while. Mm -hmm. I like talking to people. Yeah. And we haven't gotten to the wings yet, but that might be like where your three wing comes out. Like exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I was saying, like when I first originally read the four thing, I was like, yeah, I'd say there's a lot of things there that, like, as far as I will bring people in, I will get really close to people, but then I will push them away. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or, like, sometimes my emotions with, I like I had mentioned earlier, I cry a lot. Like, <laughs> and not always necessarily, guys, not always necessarily, like, over sad things. Like, I'm happy, I cry. I'm mm -hmm. sad, I cry. I eat really good mac and cheese, I cry. Like, <laughs> I just cry a lot. Yeah. And so that happens. But, and even as far as, like, sad movies, sad songs. Sad songs? Yeah. I like sad songs. But sad movies? Mm. Like, yeah. I still haven't seen I Still Believe because I'm like, I'm going to cry. I'm not watching it. <laughs> like, I can't do it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. so. The Enneagram, each type is not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. You're not going to feel aligned to everything in it, and that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so a quick overview of the Enneagram 4. It is the individualist in the Enneagram and says type fours live primarily in their imagination and in their feelings. They may be artistic, sensitive, creative, articulate, and inspiring, 
or moody, elitist, and self-absorbed. Um, See, like, ouch, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> like, hurts, but... <laughs> yeah. So, what drives a type four to think, feel, and behave in particular ways? Their core fear is being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, or insignificant. Their core desire is being unique, special, and authentic. Their core weakness is envy, and that, in their case, it means feeling that they are tragically flawed, something foundational is missing inside of them, and others possess qualities they lack. Yeah. And so they're envious of what, of the completeness other people seem to have. And their core longing, the message that a type four longs to hear is that you are seen and loved for exactly who you are, special and unique. Yeah. And see, that's so true because something that my sister and I have really tried to focus on as far as our Enneagrams go is that if I'm sad or if I'm angry, my first go-to is you just don't get it. Like, you just don't mm -hmm. understand. You know what I mean? She'll say to me, like, I know that I don't understand what you're going through, but I'm here for you, mm -hmm. and I will listen to what you have to say. You know, yeah. and just hearing that, for me, is enough. Yes. Like, not that you're trying to understand what I'm going through. You're just being there. Mm -hmm. That means more to me than you completely understanding my situation and giving me a solution. Just having a physical person to be like, I'm not going to try to fix this for you. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give you a hug. Or like, yes. I'm just going to be there for you and let you feel your emotions rather than your emotions are too much. You're crying yes. too much. You're feeling too much. That kind of stuff makes me want to be like, nope, I don't want to talk to you about it. <laughs> I don't want to tell you about it. Yes. And these, like knowing these types of things yeah. with Enneagram, this is one of the reasons I love it, is I come in and <laughs> I can see every side of a situation. Mm -hmm. And so I'll come in and be like, okay, but did you think about this or this or what? It could have been this way or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't always need to do that. Yeah. And so knowing that your friend, like sometimes may want that, but most time is going to want you to just sit and be with them instead of offering them every solution. Yeah. It's so important for the health of them and your friendship. Yeah. And sometimes solutions are good. Like sometimes if I'm really in a pickle and mm -hmm. I'm talking to you about something that I'm going through and you're like, well, what about this? Well, have you tried this? Mm -hmm. That's good. <clears throat> But, like, if I'm coming to you and I'm in emotional distress and I'm like, Val, I don't know what to do. And you're like, well, have you tried this? I'm like, Val, stop. Just let yes. me cry. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to fix it. I just want to cry. Yes. <laughs> and which could also be part of, like, the self-absorbed, I guess. Like, I just want you to focus on me for a second and not try to help <laughs> me. Like, don't help me. Just let me cry. <laughs> yeah. It's a balance. We all need both of those situations. Like right. we need people who are going to sit and just let us process our emotions. Yeah. But then we need people who are going to be like, okay, let's let's solve it. But let's fix it. Yeah. Like don't and stay there. Knowing the balance of it. Okay. So next, let's talk about um, what it looks like for four to be healthy, average, and unhealthy. Yeah. Again, we said it before. Learning about the enneagram and your number and the good and bad parts, it can hurt. Just know if you're identifying with the stuff and it stings. I'm sorry. It does sting, but you get over it because <laughs> you realize it's true. <laughs> yes. Okay, so a healthy four is active, emotionally honest, connected, and inspired by beauty. Healthy fours know, believe, and trust that they are already Christ's special and beloved child. Therefore, they do not need to strive to be unique in order to receive the unconditional love they long for. They realize that they are seen and loved 100% of the time because Christ secured this for them. And 
that they did nothing to deserve it. God simply loves them for exactly who they are. That's, you know, when a four is, um, I heard it said like when they're aligned with Christ, when they, you know, are healthy in the Lord. Yeah. That's what they're going to look like. Yeah. When a four is average on autopilot in life, mm-hmm. they will begin to forget that they are Christ's beloved child. They begin to move into the average levels of development because the four has begun to forget how much Christ loves them. They believe they have to exaggerate their uniqueness to get the attention and affection from others. They begin to think that they are missing something fundamental that others have. Yeah, when you're just kind of misaligned a little bit yeah. with Christ. Which realistically, if we're talking, like I would like to say that I'm always 100% completely aligned with Christ mm-hmm. and sounding more like the first definition. Yeah. But there have been so many times, which I'm sure there'll be so many times here where it's like yeah. unhealthy for, but like yeah. there's definitely been times where I've been like, I forget that I'm. Yeah. And all of us do it. All of us have. It may be a day. It may be a moment. Yeah. It could be long periods of time where we're going to be in each of these. Yeah. And that's, it's normal. Yeah. Like that's just life. So if you're listening to this and you identify as a four and Val is saying, well, if you're like in autopilot and you're just kind of, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's the definition. You're like, oh, I feel that way. Don't let that be a slap in the face. Yeah. Like we all go through seasons of life yeah. where that's how you feel. Yeah. Like we said before, the Enneagram is like a GPS. It's meant to guide you where you need to go. And yeah. so if you're feeling like the prick, the conviction, whatever about where you are, let it point you to Christ and let it take yeah. you to a healthy place. And also to remember, like while we're talking about four specifically, to remind yourself that God isn't a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like loving God isn't a feeling. It's a choice. Kind of like what we talked about last week, how love is a choice. But um, just being confident in that, that even if you don't feel like you're God's child, like you're not unique, you're not special, you're not loved, that it's not like your feelings matter and they're valid, but Mm -hmm. you are still loved and a child of God. Like that doesn't change that truth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's an absolute thing. Yes. So an unhealthy four, Mm -hmm. if you know, autopilot wasn't hard enough, let's talk about an unhealthy All right, let me get right. Let me emotionally prepare myself. I might start crying, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, unhealthy fours. Problems begin to multiply when fours think that others will appreciate their uniqueness and emotional depth in the same way they do. When a four sees that others do not understand their unique style, they spiral down and feel misunderstood, defective, flawed, and alone. These feelings cause even more sadness, becoming self-absorbed, temperamental, moody, feeling they are lacking, and missing something vital inside of them is common at this level. They begin to manipulate others by acting like or feeling they are the victim. So again, we all have periods in life where that's who we are and it sucks, it's not fun. Yeah. But y'all, let me just tell you right now, that has happened. And you know when that happens? That usually happens when I'm not resting, Mm -hmm. when I'm not spending time with the Lord, when I'm overflowing my schedule and not taking time to appreciate the things that are the way that God made me, you know what I mean? Like not taking mm-hmm. times to do the thing, things that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. The great thing with Enneagram is you start to notice those things. Yeah. Be aware of. Yeah. And it helps. You say, okay, God, what's going on? Like, yeah. let's talk and figure out what needs to happen. Yeah. 
it's it's a good indicator that things aren't right. When you start noticing <clears throat> that you don't feel the way that you did in the first description, like you don't find beauty in, yeah. <laughs> or like you don't feel like you're fine because you're God's beloved child. Like mm -hmm. when you don't feel that way, we're going down. <laughs> yeah, and it's time to get back into yeah. your time with God, get back into rest, whatever it is that gets you feeling healthy, make adjustments, take a break, whatever yeah. you have to do. Okay, and so I'm going to read a few statements from the all about fours section mm -hmm. in here. Fours are prone to melancholy. I never actually knew the definition of melancholy. Is it kind of like bland? I don't know, it's like if I'm being transparent. It's sad. Like, okay, yep. <laughs> like when you think about lamentations, it's full of melancholy. Okay. But this says in here, don't mistake melancholy for depression. Like you're not depressed. You're just like fours. Maybe not all fours. This might not be yeah. what you feel, but fours um, have a pining and wistfulness that has a bittersweet quality to it. Yeah. So you're just like always pining away like, for the things you don't have. Yeah. There's a quote from Victor Hugo, the author of Les Mis, mm -hmm. that says, melancholy is the happiness of being sad. So I think you're, that's you're okay true. And you're, like, you're okay in sadness. Like, yeah. Like, I won't push through my sadness just to be happy. Mm -hmm. I'll let myself be you're sad. You're okay sitting in it, yeah. yeah. Not forever, mm -hmm. but just to get through what I'm feeling, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about wings. Yeah. So everyone is a blend of their main type and their two types that are next to them. Mm -hmm. So like as a four, the types next to you are two and three. Mm -hmm. You use both types to some degree. Each number brings a unique flavor yeah. to your personality. I heard it described as like salt and pepper. It's, you don't become, when you're using your wing, you don't become a two or you don't become a three. Yeah. You just pull out par like good parts of them that add to you, things you need in that moment type yeah. of. A situation most of us have one wing that we gravitate more towards yes. like you said earlier you are for wing three mm -hmm. knowing which type of wing you gravitate toward can help you understand your whole personality a little better yeah so as a four um oh i said it wrong before four is not by two. <laughs> oh, four it's by five. five three and five guys <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's been a long day, all right? Ma math is hard. Math is hard, especially math at 6 o'clock after waking up at what time? Yeah, early. Okay, so fours with a three wing are called the aristocrat. Mm -hmm. They are more extroverted, competitive, upbeat, ambitious, emotionally volatile, concerned with image, and flamboyant. Yeah. I mean, honestly, guys, let me tell you something. If you want to get to know me and you don't want to have a conversation with me, read Everything on that website about a four wing three, and you'll pretty much get a good scope. Yeah. Okay, and then because see how it's a, like extroverted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what that. That's what I feel more. Yes. Um, and then there is the four with the five wing. They are the bohemian. They are more introverted, intellectual, withdrawn, reserved, observant, eccentric, have intellectual depth, and depressed. Yeah, that's your wings. There's mm -hmm. we you can go so much deeper into it, but. Yeah. Just know that they add they add to your personality, right. to what you're doing. Like if you're a four wing five, it doesn't mean you're a depressed, sad little person it that walks. It does in. not. Right. <laughs> so then we have stress and security. Mm -hmm. If you look at the Enneagram, it's a di it's a diagram 
and it's a circle that has like all these lines going from numbers into numbers. And your stress and security, like you'll see lines from your number to two other numbers. Yeah. And as a four in stress, and I've been learning that the stress is not necessarily a bad thing. Like yeah. sometimes you're in a stressful situation and you need to cope. Yeah. But sometimes you're just stressed out and you you stress out. And yeah. You don't. <laughs> so you can use it for good or bad. <laughs> sometimes you're just stressed yeah. out. <laughs> so in stress, fours will begin to look like and act like an unhealthy two. Mm-hmm. Um, they repress their own needs and become excessively dependent on others, craving attention. They'll need a ton of reassurance and affirmation from friends and partners, and jealousy might surface. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Insecurity, <laughs> when you're feeling like, you know, secure. Yeah. I was trying to think of another word and forgot words. Um, fours insecurity take on the traits of a healthy one, where they stop talking about their creative ideas and actually become disciplined enough to buckle down and realize them. They are more aware of what's happening in the present, more centered and calm. When fours are connected with the positive side of a one, they are much more successful in relationships, knowing they can have feelings without talking about them or acting on them. This is a very mature place for fours. Yeah. And sometimes that can be really hard because as far as being an unhealthy two when you are insecure, um, it is true that you feel like when you're not getting the I've found again, the most times I've felt that I feel insecure as identifying as a four is when I'm not spending time with the Lord and not mm-hmm. reaffirming myself that I was created in his image, that I am unique and I am who he wanted me to be. You know what I mean? Or wants me to be. And the thing about that is, is when I'm not constantly reminding myself of that. And when I say mm-hmm. constantly, I mean like doing my devotions in the morning, reading scripture, um, making sure I'm taking time to worship the Lord, making sure all of my actions, you know what I mean? Um, when I'm not doing that, I realize that I look for people to tell me I'm doing a good job or mm-hmm. look for my friends to tell me that I'm doing a good job. I mean, honestly, yeah. just like looking for people to tell me that. To validate. To validate yeah. my feelings. And it's not healthy. It's not good. But if I let it get to the point where I'm just like, that's all I'm relying on. I'm not really looking to God for all sufficiency. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to people who I know in my like heart of hearts will never supply everything that I need, mm-hmm. but I'm still looking to them. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, it's true. So you have to like redirect that and know that Christ is all you need. Yeah. He is what brings that. Right. And the last part we're going to talk about um, with your Enneagram 4 is spiritual transformation, how Christ satisfies a 4. Yeah. And so just a reminder, the core longing of a 4 is to hear that you are seen and loved for exactly who you are, special and unique. Mm -hmm. And the way Christ satisfies, you are seen. Christ sees every part of you. And he delights in coming to your rescue with his great love. And you are understood. God completely understands and loves you for who you are. You were specially created for a purpose, and he delights in his creation. Yeah. In the road back to you, it says, Fours need to hear this loud and clear. There is nothing missing. It may be hard to believe, but God didn't ship them here with the vital part absent from their essential makeup. Fours arrived on life's doorstep with the same equipment everyone else did. The kingdom is inside them too. Everything they need is here. Yeah. 
It's so good because, again, I feel like if there's a lot of people that know me, I do seem like a very vibrant, bubbly, happy person. And I, I, I think I am. Like, I would consider myself a happy person. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're sitting alone by yourself or you don't really, like, you're not really doing much, hearing those words and letting them just sink into your soul and knowing that, because I think it's really easy, no matter who you are, to let the words blow over that, like, the Lord sees you, the Lord cares about you, the Lord loves you. But to really focus on that and let that resonate with you, it does a whole world of difference for someone like me who needs that. Like, I need to hear that mm-hmm. I am enough for someone, you yeah. know? And if it's for the creator of the universe. Four tips here for how to love an Enneagram 4. Things that will make them feel, you know, seen and loved. Let's see. <laughs> see what it is. <laughs> Affirm them for their valuable gift of intuition, emotional depth, and creativity. All right, that alone. Just stop there. Tip number one (laughs) hits the nail on the head. Do that and you're good. (laughs) Allow them space to express their feelings and encourage them when they show emotional balance. Remember to be empathetic and understanding without trying to change them. And genuinely express what you appreciate about them, reminding them there is nothing missing in them. Can I just say, like, the third one especially... Allow them, what was it? Remember to be empathetic and understand without trying to change them. Without trying to change them. Like, I think there's only been one time in my life that someone has said, I wish you were more like this. And let me tell you. Crushing. I have never had, like, a deeper upsetness Mm -hmm. than when someone was like, I wish you were more like this. And I was like, are you? I was really, I was really emotionally hurt. And I had to take time to really process that. And I think it's kind of like before I knew what a four was, before I knew what any of this definition or any of this was, mm-hmm. I think you really do think you're just an anomaly, you know? Yeah. And I wish you were more like this. So it gives you this view. And again, as a four, over, not over-dramatized, mm-hmm. but you make things bigger than yeah. maybe what they seem. So even though one person said it to me, I'm over here thinking, do, does everyone wish I was more like this? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so like to give someone that space to be like, you don't have to be like everyone else. It's okay that you're not like this. I'm going to let you feel how you feel. And obviously, like, if I'm being completely irrational or, you know, to say, maybe think through it. (laughs) Or maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. is a good thing. But if I'm expressing my raw, genuine emotion to you and you're like, Mm -hmm. I wish you were more like this. I think just as a general statement, don't do that. (laughs) Like, don't do that to someone. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's uh, all of that. Yes. Uh, Stamp of Mm -hmm. approval. (laughs) I agree. What has learning about your Enneagram number and your core motivations, desires, and fears taught you about yourself and your relationship with God? See, that's such a loaded question. That's like so much in one question. Um, I think the biggest thing it's taught me as far as my relationship with God is that I really need to focus on finding my true identity in Him and not looking to people to satisfy me. That's one of my biggest things is, is that acknowledging that God gave me all of my emotions and that it's not like they control me, but I'm allowed to have them, you know? And that even if no one else thinks I'm unique or special or beautiful or kind, or, you know, like any of those Mm -hmm. things that God does, you know, and God is the ultimate one who defines me and he sees me as his child who is loved and his own and that that needs to be my source of satisfaction. And I also think that 
it, it answered some questions for me about myself that growing up, I had always wondered why I feel mm -hmm. this way, like why I feel the need to um, want to be like someone else because it seems like they have, they're completely rounded, they're all together, or why I feel like in a social setting or in like groups in school, I feel like I don't really fit in, I don't really belong there, I don't, you know, like it, it made me first of all feel better that First of all, there's other people that feel that way. Mm -hmm. There's a whole group of people that feel that same way. And it made me realize that it's okay to feel that way. Like, it's all right that mm -hmm. maybe I necessarily don't feel like I fit in there or I belong there. or I. But I do fit in with – that sounds so lame. I do fit in with the Lord. No. <laughs> but it's true. But, like, yeah. that I do have a place where – I belong, yeah. you know, and I do have a place where I fit in and it's a safe space where I can be my unique self. I can have yes. my ideas and my creativity and I know that it brings joy to the father. Yeah. So yeah, I think Enneagram hasn't really been a thing that I'm like, oh, I know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's because I'm a four. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not yeah. like that. It's more so I understand myself better and my emotions and my reactions and why I feel that, like my thought process mm -hmm. because I identify as a four. Like yeah. I pull from that trait. Yes. So, yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. Now we're going to move on to my type. You can not. Yes, I strongly identify with <laughs> a type nine. And when I first, when I first took the test, I typed as a four. Mm -hmm. And hearing you talk about that reminds me of why I did. Because the core longing of an Enneagram 9 is to feel like your presence matters. Yeah. Or to not to feel like, to know your presence matters. Yeah. And you're talking about how, like, you want to belong. You don't, you don't necessarily feel like you belong. And because I don't feel like my presence matters a lot of times, I don't feel like I belong. And so I'm strongly connected with that idea. Mm -hmm. And so learning about the Enneagram 9 and motivations and like difficulties and all that stuff has just been revolutionary yeah. in my mind. So I'm going to give you this book and just pick like random four oh, to read okay. about what it's like to be a nine. I'll do almost anything to avoid conflict. <laughs> One thousand. I often choose the path of least resistance. I tend to procrastinate. I'm happy to go along with what others want to do. I'm a what you see is what you get person. People think I'm a good listener, even though I find it hard to pay attention in a long conversation. Being outdoors is very soothing for me. That last one is not. Like, <laughs> a lot of Enneagram... A lot of Enneagram 9 stuff talks about being outdoors, and I'm like, I can... I like being out there for five minutes, and then I'm over it. Yeah, right. But honestly, what you read about, like, people think I'm a good listener, but I have a hard time focusing. I did that earlier in our conversation. It's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes I just... I try and listen, but I just zone out. Mm -hmm, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. awful. And then it doesn't feed my validation. <laughs> yes, I'm, you know, working on things. Yeah, a lot of those. I avoid conflict with all things. Mm -hmm. It's This is one of the most odd things about me, I think. Like, I love The Office so much. Yes. But it's the most awkward, and it's like tension and all that. And yeah. tension is conflict, and I hate that. There are episodes of The Office that I will either skip over or leave the room in certain spots because I cannot handle watching it. Scott's Tots? Yes, Scott's Tots. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot do the episode where Michael has promised to pay for, like, a whole class's college education. 
and he and can't do can't it. Can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I feel like it's physical pain for me yeah. to watch that, and I feel like that's the epitome of yeah my nineness right there. Like I don't like conflict at all, but I love that show. I feel like if you know me, procrastinating. I'm a procrastinator to yeah, the, to a T. I feel like there's also a side of you that's very like prepared. Like you procrastinate it, but, but per- you get it. Yeah. yeah, like you get yeah. it done. Like I put off typing up all these notes until last night <laughs> at like nine o'clock. You typed up notes, yeah. though. I, I did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So a quick overview of a nine. Type nines are people who are very receptive to their environment and downplay their own presence. They can be loving, down to earth, modest, and trusting, or stubborn, lazy, and asleep to themselves. What drives a type nine to think, feel, and behave in particular ways? Their core fear is being in conflict, tension, or discord, feeling shut out and overlooked, losing connection with others. Their core desire is having inner stability and peace of mind. Their core weakness is sloth, and that means remaining in an unrealistic or idealistic world in order to keep the peace, remain easygoing, and not, and not be disturbed by their anger, falling asleep to their passions, abilities, desires, needs, and worth by merging with others. And their core longing, the message that a nine longs to hear is that your presence matters. And that's... How does that make you feel? Oh, It's hard. Yeah. Like, when I, when I read about, like, wanting to hear that your presence matters, it just made so many things click in my mind. Like, I'm not the only person who feels this. Right. Like, I think just... that's the best thing about Enneagram is knowing yeah. that you're not the only nine in the world, which mm-hmm. means enough people feel that way that yeah. there's a whole group of you you know yeah. what I mean like that's really cool okay so healthy average and unhealthy nines a healthy nine um, is fully awake to themselves they know that their voice and presence matter to God and others and the world they honor themselves by taking time to know what they want and then speaking up for themselves knowing that God has uniquely blessed them with talents and gifts they invest in developing themselves that's it's so hard to hear that because yeah I've spent so much time feeling like things I say don't matter yeah. like I won't speak up in a situation because like everyone else has it figured out they don't need me to say anything like yeah. it doesn't matter it's a constant battle in my mind to be like you need to say something yeah like your thought and your input matters and depending on how comfortable I am with someone I can absolutely tell you what I think and feel about something but if I don't feel like I'm important in the situation like if I'm I don't feel like I'm needed in it. I'm not going to speak up. Yeah. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the people there. I just, you know, I'm like, I don't need to say anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And yeah. it's just, it's a lie from Satan and I know it. It is, but it can be hard to hear like the, this is what it's like to be a completely healthy, mm-hmm. insert your number. Because yeah. it's like, I hardly ever feel that way. <laughs> like yeah. all the time. Yeah. Definitely like five not. Five minutes a year. Of feeling that way. <laughs> Six on a good year. <laughs> I think there's something that says nines are very self-deprecating too. So hello. (laughs) Hi, I'm Val. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Nines average and on autopilot. When a nine begins to forget that they are Christ's beloved child, fully seen as important and valuable, they begin to move into the average levels of development. Because the nine has begun to forget how valuable they are in Christ, they believe their presence does not matter. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Guys, if you could see how she's looking at me right now, she's shrugging and like, of course, that's that's the look I'm getting. An unhealthy nine. Their whole focus at this level revolves around keeping others happy so they can have what seems to be to them peace of mind and inner stability. 
Unfortunately, the more a nine accommodates others and foregoes their own desires, opinions, and passions, the more unstable life becomes. That resonate? I mean, it, not all the time, but like... Yeah, it definitely has at some point. I don't know that I go out of... I feel like I go out of the way to keep others happy. I just like self-isolate. I'm like, yeah, let's keep everything else out. Everything needs to stay away so that I can keep like my little sense of happiness. And so a quick couple of things about the Enneagram 9. Mm -hmm. Enneagram 9s are self-forgetting. They have difficulty making decisions and a ten tendency to be easily distracted. And again, I say, hello, world. This yeah. is me. <laughs> I will gladly go along with what everyone else in the group wants to do. I have a, I have a hard time making decisions. Like if you text me, be like, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? Where do you want to go to eat? I'll be like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'm much better if you say like, hey, do you want to go to Chipotle mm, yeah. or this or this? Like give me three options and I can give you an option. And I think for me it comes from like, I don't want to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. So I don't want to make a decision because, like, what if Kayla doesn't want to do that? Yeah. So if you give me a place, and I know those are three places you are okay with going, I can make a decision like that. Yeah. And it's easy. Which is something, again, I think that I, especially, like, in our friendship, why it's good to know Enneagrams. Like, mm -hmm. I have to be careful in our friendship because I am the kind, I have never been the kind of person that if you call me and you're like, where do you want to go? I say, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Like, where do you want to go? I'd like to go to yeah. Panera Bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's... But I know you, and I always try to make sure that I'm, like, not just stepping on your toes mm -hmm. because I will, like, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. Yeah. But try to think, what does Val want to yes. do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And just know genuinely, I really don't care. <laughs> like, if, like, if it's something that I absolutely don't like, I'll be like, maybe not. But yeah. Um, another big thing about the nines is that because we are conflict avoidant, we kind of fall asleep to our anger. Yeah. It's there. It's like boiling under the surface of things, mm -hmm. but I genuinely can't tell you many times that I'm angry. Mm -hmm. I just, even like yesterday I was getting on the highway and someone like did not get over to let me on. They had the whole lane next to them. Yeah. And for like two seconds, I'm like, what are you doing? Then I'm like, oh, well, it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> There's no I hold anger. On, hold on to it for like two seconds. I'm like, I'm, it's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. And so it's good, but probably not so good. Yeah. It's good in situations like that. Yeah. When nines feel overwhelmed with life, with all things. They tend to tune out and withdraw into a place in their mind that um, they can, like, get away from the anger and all of life and ignore, call to take an action. Yeah. And when I do that, I I watch a lot of TV anyway, but when I do that, it's another level yeah. of, like, just sitting and I just want to be away from the world. Zoning out. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot more I could tell you about Enneagram 9, but... Especially since you first love Enneagram, second, very in who, tune, yes. right? Yes. So, type nine wings. The Enneagram nine wings are a wing eight or a wing one. Mm -hmm. I don't know which wing I am. I have a hard time. I might just be like a solid nine. Yeah. So, a nine with an eight wing is called the comfort seeker. They are more outgoing, assertive, anti-authoritarian, and may vacillate between being confrontational and conciliatory. A nine with a one wing is called the dreamer, and they are more introverted, orderly, idealistic, critical, emotionally controlled, focused, cerebral, and compliant. Which one do you feel more like? I know you said you don't know which one you are, but which one would you say, like just reading them resonates better with you? Like a couple parts of each of them. Yeah. 
I'm somewhere between shy and outgoing. Yeah. I am introverted. Definitely not. Like, being around a lot of people is very exhausting for me. Yeah. Not extroverted. <laughs> but I can be shy. I can be outgoing. Yeah. But then there's different things. I don't know. It's, I feel like you're more outgoing with people that you're comfortable with. Yes. Like, friend groups, like, when we all went to Paris and when we all, you know, like, very close, <laughs> very comfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And def- like, the names. I am a comfort seeker. Like, I yeah. love being comfortable. That's something I'm still trying to figure out. And maybe I'm just, like, kind of right down the middle yeah. of a nine. Who knows? Okay, so in stress and security, um, in stress, nines start to act like unhealthy sixes. They become overcommitted, worried, rigid, wary of others, and anxious, even though they don't know why. These nines become more self-doubting, which makes decision-making even more difficult than usual. Interestingly, they also become reactive, a big departure for a number that is rarely, if ever, quick to react. My reactions always come out in passive aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. Like that, I have had plenty of those moments. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And in security, when nines are feeling comfortable and safe in the world, they move to the positive side of three, where they are more goal oriented, decisive, self confident, and in touch with their life's agenda. Flourishing nines struggle less with inertia, take command of their lives, and believe their presence in the world matters. More importantly, nines are connected to the positive side of three and can experience and enjoy genuine peace and harmony. See, what I feel like I've seen more of you is more of that side, where, like, maybe not necessarily, um, like, I don't know how you feel on your on your own, mm-hmm. but just being very in touch with what you need to do, making sure that you get done with your agenda. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hear things like that, I'm yeah. like, that's Val. Like, she she kind of knows what she wants to do. She knows what she has to get done. She gets it done. You're very on top of it. You know what I mean? I have no idea yeah. what inertia means. But... Inertia <laughs> is, like, no movement, I think. Was that good or bad? I can't remember. <laughs> inertia. Is inertia movement? Is that what it is? Like, because I feel like I remember hearing, like, learning about that. But are you going to Google it? <laughs> what is Inertia. <laughs> Inertia is the resistance of any physical object to any change in its velocity. So, yeah, like non-movement, non-change. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can I can have moments of being on top of, like, I know it needs to be done. I get distracted and put it off. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. That makes sense. The, I mean, look at my laundry. That needs to be done. <sighs> That's not but I find everything that else that I can preoccupy my time with instead of putting the laundry away. Yeah. Like, I, I have a hard time... Um, prioritizing. Yeah. Like, there's, if, especially if there's a long list of things, I don't know what to do, so I start with something random yeah. instead of the biggest thing that needs to get done. So yeah. I'm learning lists help. I'm not great at keeping a list, but, mm-hmm. yeah, prioritizing is, yeah. Lists are my life. Let me just tell you, whenever mm-hmm. I need, you, if you look through any of my notebooks, my phone, my, like, anything, you'll mm-hmm. find, like, little lists everywhere. Like, especially in notebooks, you'll find them, like, randomly on the side. They're amazing. So spiritual transformation for a nine, how Christ satisfies. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, the core longing for a nine is to hear that your presence matters and Christ satisfies. Um, You matter to God and his unfolding purposes. You were intricately created by God and he delights in his creation. You are called to live a life fully present. God wants you to use your beliefs, opinions, and abilities to bless the world. It's hard. Mm -hmm. 
because I've shut myself off so much from that idea that like my voice matters. People want to hear what I have to say. I just, this, it sounds really sad and pathetic and I don't mean sound sad and pathetic. Yeah. But I just, I've genuinely for a long time just thought like nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so hearing this, that God cares, God wants to know what's on my heart yeah. and what I have to say. It's, it's such a beautiful and like opening thing. Yeah. And I would imagine that like not wanting, like, have you ever gone through seasons of your life where you felt like you just didn't want to pray because you felt like what you said didn't matter? Yeah. Has that, has that ever happened to you? I don't like, know that I've like actively thought that, but it's definitely happened. Yeah. Cause I mean, I feel like I've gone through seasons like, like that before, but I was wondering if that specifically like may have applied because, yeah. because I feel like what you have to say matters, but I'm, you know, yeah. it doesn't change how your brain works and how yeah. you feel about things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a very hard, um, mindset to overcome. Exactly. Yeah. But God's been helping me work through it and I feel like I'm getting better at voicing my opinions Yeah. with people I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And then with, you know, being transformed spiritually, this says, because nines value being overdoing, nines know how to rest in God's love and share themselves more generously than other numbers. Mm -hmm. And because nines are able to see both sides to everything, which I do, mm -hmm. and it might drive people crazy. And if that drives you crazy, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> it's the way my brain works. And I'm going to, especially if you're upset about something, like I'm going to try and, or upset with someone, I'm going to try and think through the other person's side mm -hmm. of things because I just, I we've done that before. Yeah. yeah like, I just, that. I want to create like harmony and peace and like resolve yeah. conflict. So I'm like, but they might be thinking this way, like, or, yeah. or maybe they're not, I don't know. But, um, because nines are able to see both sides to everything, they're comfortable with paradox and mystery, which comes in handy when it comes to dealing with a religion that includes a virgin birth and a God who is both three and one at the same time. Yeah. Like it's easier to be okay with not grasp understanding. That. Yeah. Well, yeah. grasp it, but not understand. Yeah. Like the reality that it's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. How to love a nine. Remind them that their voice and presence matters in every area of life. Patiently and intentionally listen to them. Give thoughtful and specific affirmations. Cheer them on when you see them confidently asserting themselves and expressing their preferences. There's so much more complexity to both our numbers. Yeah. I feel like just a good overview. Um, and for me, what like learning about my Enneagram number has taught me about myself and God is that I've been saying like, my voice does matter. God cares. God wants to know. Yeah. And my friends do want to know. And if I tell them what I feel, even if it's opposite of what they feel, it's not going to mean that our friendship is over. Yeah. Like bringing up something that's hurt me isn't going to mean the friendship is over. Yeah. It's a building and like you get closer when you work through conflict. Yeah. And so learn, am I doing that? No, but I'm working on it and learning. And, it's a process. You're yeah, learning. learning that God, he wants me to be fully present in life. I don't have to just sleepwalk through life and just yeah. exist. I can live and appreciate and be a part of what's yeah. going on. And like, I feel like I should say this. I don't feel like just because you might be in a time where you're at your uh, like lowest point in your number it's not about aspiring. <laughs> Maybe this is just me because I'm a four. I feel this way. Yeah. But like, 
aspiring to be a different number. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I was more like a two or I wish mm -hmm. I was more like a one. I wish I was more like a nine. It's about being the healthiest you can be yeah. in your, and it's so hard because I don't want you, like being the healthiest you can be in your number, <laughs> in your lane. It's more so just like, again, the Enneagram is your personality. So being the healthiest you can be as you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Not as someone else. There's yeah. my envy coming in. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't need to be anybody else. Yes. Just be you. Yes. And ultimately, no matter what number you identify as, what you type as, know that you're not that number. Yeah. Like the Enneagram is just a tool that is meant to be a guide to a healthy version of the person that God created you to be. Yeah. It is not a box to hold you in, but it's meant to set you free from a box. Yeah. Um, and to live the fullest life that God has for you. Psalm 139, 14 says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Yeah. We are complex beings. Yeah. And the Enneagram number doesn't put us into box. It expands. Yeah. That. And then Ephesians 2, 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. No matter what you feel, you may lack. Remember that God is calling you to him and he wants to do a new work in you and satisfy the core longing of your heart. Yeah. More than just spending time learning about your personality type, spend time getting to know Christ. That's the yeah. ultimate goal of all this. Yeah. He is the only place where our fullness and true identity and purpose comes from. Yeah, because, I mean, that was very beautifully put because we are all... God's image. And if each of the Enneagrams represent a fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit, which is the mm -hmm. Trinity, which is all. So like, no matter what number you are, or no matter what number you most identify with, you are still a representation of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, you are still a reflection of the personality of God. And not necessarily like, you know, when you're at, like, oh, do you mean that when I feel like I'm not enough or like when I'm depressed, I am the image of... Yes, you still are. You go through those unhealthy seasons, but like still know that God is with you. Like God is yeah. walking with you through that. You know what I mean? But yeah, and maybe again, maybe it's just because I'm an Enneagram 4 that I'm like, don't feel like you have to be any other number. You know no. what I mean? To be like a better representation of Christ because sometimes I get stuck in mine mm -hmm. and I'm like, I cry a lot. I do feel okay being sad sometimes. Mm -hmm. I do feel, and I'm like, is that the image of Christ? And then I remember that Jesus wept. Jesus yeah. felt things like Jesus, you know, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. No number is more like God than the other. Right. Jesus had emotions. <laughs> yeah. We are all a beautiful, we're all a beautiful represent representation yeah. of God. Yeah. We encourage you that if you have any Enneagram questions, first of all, Take the test or read through them. Mm -hmm. Second of all, message Val. <laughs> Please don't message me. I don't know the answer. And I will point you to a bunch of different places because yes. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. That's okay. So we will have a post on our Instagram feed with some good resources for you if you want to look further into the Enneagram. Yeah. We'll try and equip you with some great um, godly Enneagram resources so that yeah. you can you can take a deep dive and you know work on work on finding more of who God has made you to be yeah. in the best way possible. Finding out more about your personality. I mean, now that you've gotten to know ours yeah. super well, <laughs> you can go and look at your own yeah. too, which is exciting. Yes.
Oh. If it's a four or a nine, you're covered. But <laughs> yeah, well, there's still so much more to know. So there's much so much more. more. Yeah. Um, as we get ready to wrap up, let's pray. Yeah. Do you want to pray this time? Sure. Okay. God, we thank you so much for this conversation that we've gotten to have about who you've created us to be. And I just pray for each person listening that they will just rest in the fact that they are your child, that you have created them with a purpose and on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that you will help them to use whatever tools there are available, whether it's Enneagram or something else, to just help them open their hearts and minds up to becoming the full person that you've created them to be, that they won't feel they're missing anything because they'll be looking to you to find their fullness in life. And we just thank you that you complete us. You are such a good father and such a good creator to us. God, I just pray for each person listening that you will bless their lives through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, Yeah, guys. thanks, guys. We <laughs> will catch you very soon. Very soon.